Hey guys, Pastor Travis here from Unity Church Magnolia. We are excited that you chose to listen to this podcast. We pray that it will bring you hope, peace, and encouragement for your journey with Christ. God bless you as you listen. All right, so today I'm uh, breaking away from my series that I've been on and I'm getting ready to begin a new one that I've been excited about for a long time. But God laid a word on my heart uh, that I asked them to speak in children's church as well. And it's simply titled, Clothed in Christ. Clothed in Christ. This is not a complex word this morning. This is more uh, back to the basics this morning. But it is a word that is to remind us that we are to be clothed in Christ. Can somebody say amen? Galatians 3.27 says this simply. It says, for all of you, somebody say, that's me. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. It says, for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with with Christ. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, it's God's will for you to be clothed in Christ. Father, we thank you for your word. God, I pray that you speak to our hearts, that you change our lives today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Would you give the worship team a hand this morning? They've done fantastic. Thank you guys so, so much. So here's what the word clothed means, just jumping into this this morning, because I realize we're getting a little bit late start on the message. Clothed simply means this, to sink into a garment. To sink into a garment. It almost means like this. It, it, it's almost like a garment that is bigger than you need, a garment that is going to completely surround you, a garment that is uh, will overwhelm the size of you. It's, it'd be like me trying to fit into a 3X t-shirt, right? And uh, thank God it wouldn't fit, not today at least. And so, you know, to sink into a garment, to be completely enwrapped, engulfed, clothed in Christ. God's desire is that we be completely, somebody say that word completely, completely clothed in Christ. Now this, is, this message is something that has been strongly on my spirit, and so I want us to pay attention to the little details like this, completely clothed, because I'm convinced that the church is full of half-dressed Christians. Now, now, I know that's a strong word maybe this morning, but I truly believe that our Christians in churches today in the world are, are, are partially clothed in Christ. Maybe we've got part of it down, but, but we, we've neglected to clothe ourselves completely in Christ. Why is that? Because the sin levels many times are just as high in the church as they are in the world. How many knows that shouldn't be? The struggles are just as high in the church as they are in the world. And and so we have to understand that God wants us to be completely clothed in Christ. Somebody say, I want to be completely clothed. So number one this morning, we're going to look at the different areas of our life. Are our words clothed with Christ? Do our words sound like Jesus? Let's break it down. When we talk, when we are with our friends, when we're with our family, when we're outside of these four walls, could people tell that we are servants of Christ, disciples of Christ, 
by the words we speak. Psalm 19, 14 says this, May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Psalm, Psalm 34, verse 13 says, Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. So, so let me ask you this question. Are the words of your mouth pleasing to God? Is the way we're talking, the way we're presenting Christ by what we say, is that pleasing to God? Is God pleased with the conversations that we're having? Is God pleased with the jokes that we're telling? Is God pleased with the things that are coming up? And then, and then also, are we truthful when we speak? Now, there was, there was a time, and truthfully, just being transparent this morning as, as your pastor, I try, I try not to, to be fake or, or present myself to be holier than thou or anything like that. But there, there was a time that I'm still coming out of to an extent where it is really hard for me to trust people because it seemed like every time I turned around, somebody was lying to me. I'm just being honest. Getting caught in lies, finding out. And and really, it, this goes back years. And so so it just seemed, and, and there's been times where I've asked my wife, I'm like, does anybody just straight up tell the truth anymore? Or have we, have we grayed the line so much that little white lies have become okay? Now, now, I've heard people say, well, you're going to lie every, every day. Now, you better not lie every day. Come on, man. Was the blood of Jesus not enough to keep us from lying every day? Uh, you know, in fact, uh, my kids, sometimes, sometimes I worry about them a little bit. But one thing that, that we found, one thing that we found is that they do have a fear of lying because because used to we would make them write the scripture over and over again, you know the scriptures that all, all liars have their place in the lake of fire, <laughs> you know, and we would make them write it over and over and over again. We went old school on them, and so there was a time when I remember Seth would get up in the middle of the night sometimes, and he would come to our bedroom and he would say, "I think I lied today." And I want to confess, well, what'd you lie about? Well, I told my friends we were having spaghetti tonight and we had pizza. And I just, I just don't want to go to hell, you know. Okay, well, Father, forgive him in Jesus' name, you know. <laughs> go back to bed. And, um, but, it's, but it really is, we make, we make joke of that, but really, truthfully, have we graded the lines to where lying is okay? And I'm really asking us this question. Because it's become easier in our society to cover up the truth. We have phones that are private. Everything is about privacy settings and, and getting away with things. And you look at our government that is corrupt and full of lies and different things. And media can just say whatever they want to. News just makes up whatever they want to make up and just presents it as truth. We live in a society where our words have come to haunt us. Psalm 141.3 says this, Set a guard over my mouth. Lord, keep watch. Listen, Lord, Lord, please keep watch over the door of my lips. I believe that the church needs to come back to the place to where it's so important to us 
that what we say is pleasing to God, that we say, God, I need you to help me today. Some of us need to get up and pray this in the morning. I need you to help me today not to say anything that I shouldn't say today. We pray this with our kids all the time. God, let, let the words that come out of our mouth be pleasing to you. Let, let, let everything we do say, think, everything about us, God, let it be pleasing to you. Do we always make it? No. Is God sometimes frustrated with us? I guarantee you he is. But we should be making it our aim to be pleasing to the Lord. Can somebody say amen? Proverbs 15, 28 says this, The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking because the mouth of the wicked overflows with evil words. So there should be a distinguishing factor in our lives by the things that we say that we are living godly lives. Somebody say, I need to clothe my words with Christ. Proverbs 12, 14 says this, wise words bring many benefits. Wise words bring many benefits. How many wants the many benefits? Oh, I want that. I want the many benefits. In fact, here's some things that we can look for whenever we're clothed, when we, when we clothe our words with Christ. Number one, Christ's words bring wisdom. How many of you would love wisdom? I want wisdom. Christ's words bring healing. And there's some scripture verses. If you want to take, take a snapshot of that, you can look these up later. We don't have time this morning to go through all of them. Christ's words bring wisdom. They bring healing. They bring life. And I love this. They settle arguments. Christ's words settle arguments. You know what they don't do? They don't join the argument. I've I've seen it for years. I've seen it. Good, godly Christian people like drama. Drama and trauma, boy. We'll jump on those two trains all day long because it gives us something to talk about. We live in Magnolia. If there's any drama, guess what? Everybody knows. It gives us something to do. But wise words and Christ's words settle arguments. And finally, Christ's words are sweet. Sweet. I love to be around someone whose words are clothed in Christ. It's almost like, it's almost like a healing that can take place whenever you get around those people. It can take your day and turn it around. Christ's words will liberate your life if you allow them to. Somebody say, I want to be clothed with Christ. Number one, are your words clothed with Christ? Number two, are your thoughts clothed with Christ? Are your thoughts clothed with Christ? And I'll say this too before I move on because it's not in my notes. But really, whatever you're thinking is eventually going to come out anyway. It may not be what you want to come out. But really, it's just that simple principle of what goes in must come out. And so whatever we're thinking on, that's going to eventually be manifest anyway. Romans 12, 2 says this, Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Isn't it interesting that it didn't say, by changing the way you act? You can go to that next scripture, please. It says, it says, hey, 
I, I want to change the way you think because God understands if he can change the way you think, he can change the way you act. And so God says, hey, I want, to, I want you to become a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Christians should not think like the world. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, I can tell you this. We shouldn't be worried like the world is. We shouldn't go to bed fearful and afraid because we've messed up. We shouldn't go to bed fearful and afraid and ashamed and guilty and and all of these thoughts, anxiety. God wants to set us free from those things. You see, the world worries about earthly things. Coins, clocks, and calendars. Oh, that's what the, that's what the world worries about. Well, do I have enough do I have enough coins? I don't have any today. No coins, you know. Do but but money you know, do, do, we, do we worry about that? You know, we clocks. Well, by this time, I was supposed to be doing fill in the blank. Well, I thought that by, by this time, you know, this is going to happen. Calendars, we schedule and fit things in. And, and you know what I found out? In the society that we live in, we try to pack as much stuff as we can into our schedule because, because you know, we feel like we have to be doing something all the time. Coins, clocks, and calendars are things that the world worries about. We need to let God set our mind at ease. Colossians 3, 2 says this, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Not about what you're going to, he goes on to tell his disciples, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or what you're going to say. You know, don't worry about all that stuff. God, does, God doesn't want you to worry about all that because God likes to be our provider. Can somebody say amen? So I like to set my mind on things above. Yeah, I've got a need in my life. Yeah, there, there's things that I need God to do in my life, but I know he can do it. And so I'm going to take the pressure off of myself because the Bible says this, that he has never seen the righteous forsaken. And guess what? We're not going to be begging for bread either. God's going to make sure that we are, our needs are taken care of. That's his responsibility. If we are faithful to tithe and to sow into the kingdom of God, if you don't tithe, the Bible is plain about it, then you invite a curse on your life. Not just on your life, but on the lives around you as well. So, but if you're faithful to tithe, man, and you're righteous and you're living for God, man, then it's his responsibility. So take the responsibility off of yourself. Quit worrying about those things and let God be your provider. Can somebody say amen? The world's thoughts, listen, are fixated on self. They're fixated on self. What I want, what I need, what I want to do, what, what I think is right. But, but the world's thoughts are almost always, they almost always gravitate to the negative. They almost always gravitate to the negative. And so this, I'm not telling you anything new this morning, but, but God wants our thoughts to be positive. Philippians 4, 8 says this, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. I'm going to leave you with one thing. I'm going to leave you with one thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Hey, think about these things. You know, the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Make sure you set your mind on those things because, because man, if you allow your thoughts to lean negative, then your whole life is going to lean negative. And so God is wanting us to change the way you think. Somebody say, I want to be clothed with Christ. Number three, are your attitudes clothed with Christ? I know that's close to thoughts, 
sometimes I can control the things I'm thinking. Sometimes it's a little bit harder to control my attitudes because now I'm in my feelings. Now I'm in my feelings. Well, I got my feelings hurt. And, and now my feelings are going are to steer the ship of my life in the way my feelings think it should go. Well, I don't deserve this. I don't, you know, you may go to work in the morning. I don't deserve this kind of treatment. Or I don't, I, you know, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be. And you know what? We've, we've become prideful and we've become arrogant. And we think it's all about me anyway. And now we're in our feelings and our attitudes. And now we might be saying the right thing, but on the inside, it ain't there. It's not there. Our attitudes pleasing to the Lord. Let our thoughts, attitudes, actions, and deeds. This is the prayer we pray every morning. Our thoughts, actions, attitudes, deeds, and the things that come out of our mouth. Let it all be pleasing to you, O Lord. Ephesians 6, or I'm sorry, 4.23 says this. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Do we have the attitude of Christ? And so, so we've, got this, we've got this picture here of one of my favorite breakfast foods. You can go to that. Just simply a banana. How many of you like bananas? Some people do. You kind of either like them or don't. You know, a lot of people eat bananas. You go to any hotel, they're going to have bananas out there. You know, you go to Continental Breakfast, they're going to have bananas sitting out there. Great, great thing to grab and eat on the go. Man, I love bananas. They're just a overall just good food. And in fact, one of my only memories of my grandmother on my mom's side was I was really sick when I was little. I was really, really sick. And I remember sitting in her lap in a rocking chair and her feeding me bananas. And they attribute the bananas for bringing the healing that I received in my body. They have really, in fact, if, you, if you're really sick, doctors will tell you to eat things like bananas, toast, simple foods like that. And they can do a lot for your body. And as good as bananas are, in fact, I love the way they look when they're hanging on the little hanger. You guys have those? They're on the little hanger on the counter. You know, you, you know they take pictures with bananas in the background because it adds a pop of color. It's all this stuff. You know, bananas are good for lots of things. But even a banana, let's go to that next one, is nasty when it's rotten. It is nasty. In fact, I've seen some bananas that look like that in Shane's truck before. I get in there, this nasty black banana on the seat. I'm like, what in the world, man? Are you going to eat that thing? Oh, yeah. Now, that never looked quite that bad, Shane, I don't think. But I, I bet they could get there. And can I tell you this? Nothing stinks worse than a rotten banana left in the trash can. Sometimes our kids will eat about half of one and then throw it in the trash can, and it's there for a few days or something, and you come back in. Oh, we've had it before where they ate one right before we left to go on vacation, and then it sat in the trash for like a week. And then you come in, and it's like, oh, what is that smell? You never smelled a nasty rotten banana. Man, it is nasty. It's nasty. The moral of this story is even the best fruits stink when they become rotten. Even the best fruit stinks when it becomes rotten. I think a rotten attitude can ruin a person. And I think a rotten attitude in the church can turn people away from Christ. 
you got a rotten attitude whenever you, whenever, you know what I'm talking about. The people, they, they just walk into a building. And you feel the whole atmosphere change because they walked in. And what's, what's worse is if that's the founding church member, you know, you're like, Lord, what am I going to do with her? You know? You know, the person that whenever they walk in the room, you, you start saying, Maranatha, come Lord, quickly now, in Jesus' name. Let's get it. Y'all know, in fact, in fact, some of you have already thought of a name. Nobody here. Ain't nobody here. I don't know anybody here like that. But, but you've thought of somebody. It's that person that can change the atmosphere. Just listen, that rotten banana changes the whole atmosphere of the house. You don't want to be a rotten banana. Can somebody say amen? Romans 15.5 says this, May the God who gives endurance. Sometimes you need some endurance with people like that. You know what I'm saying? No. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement. God wants us to be encouraging. Give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. God wants us to have a good attitude with our brothers and sisters. Can somebody say amen? People should want to come to church just to be around you. Can I say that again? Man, we've got some awesome greeters. We've got awesome greeters. They open the door for you when they come in. Uh, even if they don't like you, they open the door and smile at you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Hey, you come into this place, there's a smile on the faces of people, man. We get along. We don't, we don't have church fighting or bickering. I never have to settle disputes between members or anything like that. Man, y'all make my job easy. and don't, don't try to make it hard. Y'all make my job easy. But the question is, do we smell like Christ? Sheila Martin says that all, you need to come out smelling like Jesus, Pastor. You need to come out smelling like Jesus. And, uh, but but I, I'm, convinced, I'm convinced that some of us, some of us need one of these. Some, some of us need one of these. Because what these do, they, they freshen up that nasty laundry. They freshen up that nasty laundry, and some of you just need, in fact, some of you need to go get a box of these, take one out, and, like, put it on your refrigerator and write, smell like Jesus on it. You know, I mean, because sometimes our attitudes just kind of stink, don't they? We might do it, but we don't want to do it. Uh, we might serve, but we don't want to serve. Or we might, we might go to work and, 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 and work for our boss, but we don't want to. Well, some of us just need a fabric softener. You need to get a little softener in there, and you need to get a little freshener in there. And, and boy, you can put one of these in the house and just wave it around, and, boy, it'll just do wonders for you. Some of you need a Scentsy, uh, you know, burner, you know, gives some essential oils, you know, from, from the cult leaders, you know, that sell those things. And I, No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. My wife used to sell those. I'm just joking. She's not a cult leader, I promise. In fact, I put essential oils on this morning before I came. I, I believe in them. God bless you, essential oil people. But some of you need to burn some of that stuff, you know, because you want your attitude to be clothed with Christ. Did I make the point? Can I move on? All right, for real, for real. Grab you one of these right on there. Smell like Jesus. Smell like Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to smell like Jesus. All right. One time, I'm not going to say who it is, but I got to tell the story. They do construction, and and it's a family member of mine. And uh, and I was at his house one time, and he got some clothes out of the dryer. We were going fishing 
I'm not going to say who it was. But he likes to fish, does construction, and he's a family member of mine, and he serves as a deacon at his church. <coughs> but I won't say who. He got some clothes out of his dryer that had been washed and dried with one of these. And it was the funkiest smell I've ever smelled in my life. I mean, I'm like sour, you know, just sour. And I thought, man, did you wash that? Well, actually, I asked him, I was like, man, did you wash them clothes? I don't know, they stink. He said, he said man, sometimes I sweat so much that even washing them and drying them, don't do anything. You just have to throw them away. They get so sour, sweating so much. And no matter how much you wash them uh, and dry them, fabric softener you use, they just still smell like sweat you know, and you just have to throw them away. And so uh, sometimes we need to throw our attitudes away and ask God for a new one. Can somebody say amen? Somebody say, I want to be clothed with Christ. Okay, number four, our, our actions must be clothed with Christ. Now we know that. We know Christians ought to act differently. I, I, I don't like the phrase that people say, well, the only thing different for me than a sinner is that I've just been saved by grace. Well, that shouldn't be the only thing different. That's where it starts. Thank God. We're saved by grace. You can't earn salvation. Can somebody say amen? There's nothing you can do to earn your salvation with Christ. And and I'm convinced there's nothing that's going to make him walk away from you either. But we are good at walking away ourselves. We are good at turning our back on Jesus. But I, But what should be different is... We should act different. Can somebody say amen? People knew the disciples because they, they acted differently. Colossians 3.17 says this, and whatever you do, somebody say whatever. Look at somebody and say, even the things you don't like is whatever you do, whatever you're doing, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, and then it just takes it to another level. Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. The things you don't want to be doing. The things that you don't like, that you have to do. Is our attitude allowing us to be able to do these things and and let our actions display Christ? The things we do and the activities that we participate in and the lifestyle that we live should represent Christ well. Now, I don't want this message to sound legalistic this morning because I do not like a legalistic gospel that says you got to do this and 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 this to stay saved and earn yourself a place in heaven. No, I don't like that. I don't like that. But as followers of Christ, we should want to represent our leader well. It's not legalistic. It's, it's what's all going on on the inside. Do I want to make Christ look good to my community, to the people around me? James 1.22 says this, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Do what it says. I'm convinced, this is a hard statement, that hell is full of people that attended church on a weekly basis. Week after week, they heard the Word of God. Week after week, they sang songs out of the hymn or they sang songs in a worship service. Week after week, they, 
they, they punched in and punched out of church and they even brought home a bulletin with them to, to prove that they went. I'm convinced that hell is going to be full of people that thought they were saved because they heard the word of God. But can I tell you that what brings forth salvation in Jesus Christ is making him your Lord, not just your Savior. Making him your Lord, therefore following him in word, action, deed, thought, attitude, following him with our life. Our lifestyle should be set apart. I, my favorite evangelist that's ever lived that, that I know about anyways is Steve Hill. And he used to say all the time, friend, you can go to hell with baptism waters dripping off of your face. You can go to hell with a communion cup in your hand. You can go to hell singing in the choir. You can go to hell. The only thing that pays for your entrance into the kingdom of God is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I believe, and I know this is a hard word, and it's not a word that we share a lot of times around here, but it's a word that we need to hear. When people see us, are they seeing Jesus Christ? Can they tell we're in relationship? People know. They don't have to wonder if I'm married to Pamela. They know it because we act like we're married. We hold hands. We talk. We kiss on the cheek. We, we go out on dates. We, we even talk to each other. I listen to her sometimes. Sometimes she listens to me. We People know we're married. Man, do people know we have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Or if we never told them, would they have, didn't have a clue? If we're at work, if we're at play, if we're in our neighborhoods, if we're at our homes, man, are we, is it evident by our lifestyle that we are followers of Jesus Christ. Somebody say, I want to be clothed with Christ. Some of you are at this point saying, uh, this was the day to stay home. But it's going to get better. Listen to this. I think we need to consider the body of Christ. Somebody say, we are the church. The building that you're sitting in this morning and the chair that you're sitting in this morning is not the church. It's a building. It's going to burn one day. This church, we're going to do our best with what God's given us, but one day it's going to burn. It's carnal. This building is carnal. It's just the truth. It's an it's a, it's a earthly, temporal structure. But you are the church. I'm the church. The Word calls us the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. Every one of you. So in this building, we have arms, shoulders, knees, toes. We have elbows, ankles, joints. We went to see Miss Mary the other day. And she's, she's, doing, she's doing great. She's doing great in rehab and therapy and all of that. But she, had, she doesn't have full control of her body yet. Somebody say, yet. We went and saw Miss Judy the other day, and she had her knee replacement uh, Friday, I think we saw her. and um, You know, she's getting stronger and healthier. And, uh, 
moving around, and she said as soon as she could get in that Suburban, she was going to be here. Uh, and But she doesn't have full control of her body yet. Somebody say yet. <coughs> Miss Esther just had a knee replacement. Both of these ladies are going to have a second knee replacement because they want their members of their body to operate the way they're supposed to, right? How many knows that sometimes, I think, <laughs> I think sometimes the church needs a knee replacement. Some of us need a little therapy, a little rehab, because the members of our body aren't operating and doing the things that we need them to be doing. Somebody say, I'm part of the body of Christ. So let's scale this down to just our church because we're part of a huge, massive body of Christ, global. It's not just Unity Church. It's not the Assemblies of God, Baptist, Methodist, Catholic. It's, it's the people who have followed Jesus Christ, made him their Lord and Savior. But let's scale it down to who we see here every week, this church body. Scale it down. If we have some members that are clothed with Christ and some that are not, then we have a half-naked body of Christ. That's what we're talking about here today. If we look at it personally, am I fully clothed in Christ? But then we look at it as the body of Christ. How am I representing the big body of Christ? Bottom line today, bottom line today, this is the word that God spoke to me that started all of this. And it's, it's a hard word, and it's a word that took me personally to the altar. The Lord spoke to me earlier this week, and he said, the church has made me look like a hobo. I'm serious. I, I felt like I heard it clear as day in my spirit. The church has made me look like a hobo. And immediately I thought, that's all he said, immediately I thought, no wonder people have no interest or desire being a part of the body of Christ. We have not done a very good job. I'm not talking to anybody individually this morning, but I am talking corporately to us as a body. I believe we have failed at representing Christ. Listen, people should, we should be representing him so well that people desire, man, anything I can do to be a part of what's going on in the body of Christ. Yeah, we're going to have opposition forever. Yes, there's going to be persecution forever. But the reason that the early disciples were persecuted was not because they were because they were the poor and the least or and all of that. It's because they were so successful in everything they do that people hated them. People were being added to their church every single day because there was something different. There was something different. This made people say, I want to be a part of that. We've got to do better. We've got to do better. Worship team, if you would come. The altar call is going to be a little bit different today, much different than normal. I'm not going to give you three different calls, anything like that today. The worship team is just going to kind of play softly because I believe that we need 
We need the opportunity to spend some time with Christ. Whether it's in your seat or the altar, I'm not looking for you to build my confidence with a huge altar response today. What I want to happen is something to happen deep within inside of us that says, I've got to do better. I've got to clothe my words, my thoughts, my attitudes, my actions. I need to be completely and totally clothed with Christ. Just in all transparency, I don't want this church, this church, I don't want this church to represent Christ like a hobo. I don't. I don't want the church, the global church, to continue. And you got people that they live no differently than the world. And they're representing Christ. I believe some of us need a wardrobe change. I really believe that. Some of us, we need to we need to clean out our closets. We need to clean out our closets and we need to freshen things up. This is things that we need to do as the body of Christ. I'll tell you this, and then I'm going to shut up. Let God do it. I'm a pastor who hates playing church. I don't like it. I grew up in that. I don't like it. I don't like church feeling like a country club. I don't like church to feel like a place where we just check in and check out where we sing some songs and feel better about ourselves and go home. I want a move of God. I want revival. I want an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I want to see disciples made, constantly being made for Jesus Christ. I I want to be like a sweet, air freshener like a fabric softener to our community I want our community to know that man there's something different about this place I want to make a difference I want to make a difference but we are not going to see a move of God if we are representing him like a hobo we want to come in this place and have powerful time in the altar and all these things, signs, wonders, and miracles and all this stuff. And God's like, you, you, don't, you haven't even got dressed yet. Can I remind you about the wedding banquet? God invited everyone. He invited them to the wedding banquet. He said, but you've got to wear the garment. You've got to be clothed in Christ. And the, the guy came and he wasn't dressed wasn't clothed in the garment and because of that we see the results and and the disappointment and the frustration and all of the things that come from that I'm telling you uh, I believe this is a serious word this is not a word that we can be passive with this morning I believe we need to be completely clothed with Christ today can somebody say amen would you stand with me this morning Hey guys, Pastor Travis here with you again. I pray that you were encouraged by today's message. Also, I would like to invite you to check out our website at ucmagnolia.com. There you can see what's going on at the church and you can give online and be a part of what God is doing right here in Magnolia and around the world. Also, 
we would like to invite you to join us in worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. God bless you, and we hope to see you soon.